1: Yes, it is the 30-something movie podcast. I am your host, John Reed. With me this time around, I have the one, the only, as far as I know, the only, Patrick Canigallo. Hey, hey. I think I'm the only one. You might be. I mean, I haven't Googled that to be sure, but.
0: Yeah, let's, we'll make sure. Yeah, I'll I'll just go right ahead and I'm the only
1: one. Okay, you're the only one. You're, You're like the, you're like the tigger of the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sort of like, uh, are you bouncy, bouncy, uh,
1: bouncy, 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 fun, 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 fun? Yes, okay, all right.
0: I was just curious. I don't know. Let me, I I just need to process it. What was it? Um, dude, we're gonna do spoilers here. Are we can we Mm -hmm. announce we're a spoiler podcast? I'm trying to think of that movie where the yes, there was there was the guy that went, it was like a multiverse thing, Mm -hmm. and the guy would go around to the different multiverses and try to kill his like. Other version because that would make him stronger.
1: Kill his other version because that would make him strong. Um, it's um. Looper. Well,
0: no, 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 no. It's It's, uh, uh, um. Oh shoot, what's it called?
1: I know it's dude. I
0: just well, see now I've already spoiled it. So now if I announce the title, do you know what I'm saying? Uh huh. Okay, if you. Listening audience, if you don't want any movie that you could potentially see spoiled, click off it was um it was uh jet Lee, the one or yes, maybe it wasn't jet Lee the one no, it was it, the one it was the one yeah yeah yeah, yeah remember it was, that it was jet Dude, Lee. that movie was mm-hmm.
1: awesome, yes and you remember how
0: that ended? He was at the top of the mountain just fighting all those guys, and that's yes. how his thing ended <laughs> that's pretty crazy, man
1: yes. I got. It's been a long time since I've seen that one. I got to add that to my. I have been. I have. I mean, I have amassed a a large, large watch list um, mm-hmm. of movies that I have not had the opportunity to see yet, or movies I right. uh, movies that have just been on my on my watch list for quite a while. Oh, while I'm talking about the watch list, I was I was actually going to jump to the watch list and mention a couple of them that I put on there recently. Finally, 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 after twenty. What three years of knowing mm-hmm. that this movie existed and wanting to see it, and for some reason or another not getting to see it? Um, just a few days ago, I sat down with uh, Nora and Sharon, and we watched The Iron Giant. Oh, oh that's it, awesome! It was I still so have not good. seen it, so it was so tell- good. Oh, that's great! Yeah, it's so much fun. It's you know, it, it's kind of. I mean, I don't give too much away, but it's kind of like well. <clears throat> I know that a lot of people, and I think just kind of the aesthetic of it, it's supposed to take place in the 50s, um, so there's kind of like the, and it's animated, um, and there's kind of like the Cold Mm -hmm. War paranoia, things like that, Um, but it's, and maybe it's just the aesthetic of the robot itself. Um, A lot of people, I think a lot of people that like the Rocketeer also tend to like the Iron Giant.
0: Okay. so Okay, so
1: that's definitely right up your alley. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it was it was very, very good. It was very good, and I, I cannot believe it took me that long to watch that movie.
0: hmm Cool. Cool that you finally saw it. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. No, I, speaking of the watch list, like, I have a bunch of things on here. That's the only one I've been able to knock off on the watch list recently. Um, but I had a bunch of movies that I started adding the other day because I saw somebody else's list of um, – like movies that have crazy twists to them or like messes with your mind after having watched them. Okay. And I was like, oh, i check some of these out. Um, and when you mentioned the, the one, it made me think of, there was this one that I added to the list the other day called predestination. You seen, okay. Seen this one? It is, um, I guess Ethan. Yeah. Ethan Hawke is the main actor in it. Okay. And uh, I'll read the little description for you here. Uh, came, yeah, out, came out in 2014. It says, uh, Predestination chronicles the life of a temporal agent sent on an intricate series of time travel journeys designed to prevent future killers from committing their crimes. Now on his final assignment, the agent must stop the one criminal that has eluded him throughout time and prevent a devastating attack in which thousands of lives will be lost. Oh. And according according to the list that I found that one on, there's it's like it's a movie that just kind of messes with your mind.
0: Interesting. And the concept is this guy's job is to
1: like, it's like crime. It sounds like it's almost like if, if quantum leap, if he was like a, a, an assassin. Okay. That's kind of what it sounds like.
0: And you you take out the people before they commit the crime. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a
1: little bit of, um, Oh, I'm, I'm blanking out. Um, shoot Tom Cruise. Minority. Um report. yes.
0: Minor yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. A little bit of that, a little bit of maybe a little bit of quantum leap. Yeah. Okay. The other one that sounded really good, that I it's a Korean movie, and it's called Forgotten. And uh the okay. description for this one is Seoul, South Korea, nineteen ninety seven, when the young but extremely anxious student Jin Sook, his parents, and his successful older brother Yu Sook. Move to a new home. Mysterious and frightening events begin to happen around them. Unexplained events that threaten to ruin their seemingly lives. Unable to understand what is happening, Jin Suk wonders if he is losing his mind. Okay. So I don't know. I, I watched like a quick trailer of this one. And I was like, all right, that's sufficiently creepy and looks like it could mess with you a little bit. There you go.
0: Well, it sounds like you got some fun movies so on got, the uh, on the watch movies. list.
1: Well, this was this was on a list in which the person was like if you enjoyed and they listed a whole bunch of different movies and Jacob's Ladder right. was one of their, you know, starting points right. for the list. I was like, right. I do like Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. So.
0: Well, if you if you want one that messes with your head, I'm saying the platform, and I think we talked about this, but I'll put that out there. My brother in law recommended that, and it's um, that's a really fascinating movie. It's definitely a horror movie, you know, but uh, that's really a good movie.
1: Okay, yeah, I was looking it up real quick here,
0: and the basic premise of it is it's a prison setting where you know, a guy is put on a certain level, and you live on that level for, I don't know, I think it's like like a a week or so, a month, okay. And like, and after, you know, that allotted amount of time, you move to a new level, either up or down and all that. Now the levels are important because prisoners are fed once a day, and basically they stop at the top level And just stock a table full of, they set a feast at this table and it drops through the levels and it spends so many minutes on each level right before it keeps going down. So the people on like level one get their choice of all this wonderful, delicious food. Mm -hmm. By the time it gets down to level, whatever, hundred, there's like just scraps left. Right. Yeah. And there's enough food that if everybody took a little bit, there would be plenty of food for everyone. But it gets into that. So. Yeah. And then it all switches. So you might be on level one for a month. You might be on level two. You know. It's really a great movie. I mean, it's nice. It's cool. I remember you mentioning that. it's great. I
1: I just okay. I just added it to the list. But I remember you talking about that one before. Yeah. It's um, it looks like it's on Netflix, too. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, apparently, in Spanish, the title of the movie is translated "the hole."
0: Okay. So it's, I don't know. Okay. If you, I don't
1: know if you've reached that point in uh, "The Greatest Generation," where every time they say the word "hole," they pronounce it as if it was like Swedish. Hole. Hole. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So. Very cool. Awesome. Good stuff for the watch lists. Yeah, man. Oh. All right. Well, um, let's see. I, we've got some. Uh, well, first of all. If you want to go visit our website we've already said we're a spoiler podcast so we can skip that part uh if you want to visit our website 30 podcast.com you can leave us a rating leave us a voicemail uh become a co-executive producer via patreon and i'm gonna i'm gonna give a quick little um quick little shout out to the the patreon patrons thank you all so much as always for your continued support um, for helping us out with keeping the show going, um, you know, trying to constantly improve things for you all, whether that's you know, helping to improve the, the, the website that we have or some of the different you know, services that we're, we're trying to put out or, or bonus episodes, things like that. Some of the equipment we've got, um, you know, just kind of up the game a little bit so we'd make it a better experience for all of you. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Just thank you so much for always coming alongside us with that. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and to that, to that, the reason I, I kind of bring that up is uh, I have been starting to work on putting some stuff up on a, a like an online store, like getting some, okay. I've been working on, you know, maybe designing some t-shirts, designing some other stuff that could be, you know, printed on different items. And so I'm, I'm hoping to kind of get that going fairly soon. And I was also, another way, if you're going to do any kind of Amazon shopping or anything like that, um, another way to kind of help. Support the show and, and, uh, you know, open up some opportunities for us to be able to do some extra stuff for you all. Um, I may also start to put up some links on our website for Amazon. So if you are going to do some shopping on Amazon, if you go and kind of click through those links, they're not up yet on the website, but I'm I'm hoping to get that up within the next few weeks or so. Um, And even like creating a little store through Amazon. So like if we are talking about a particular movie, I can put up some different items or the actual DVD or Blu-ray copy of the movie itself in that store and you can just go straight over there and pick it up, uh, or pick up some related items. And then a tiny, tiny portion of, uh, what you buy through there then would go back to helping, uh, support the show. So that's a couple different oh, things wow. that I'm working on that I think might be kind of cool. Um, but, uh, I'm kind of excited for the t-shirt ideas. I forgot. I'm not going to share the, the design thoughts that I have. I already told you about one of them. Um, yes, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm working on some different designs that I think will be kind of fun that's that's
0: awesome man and look at us like uh providing a link you know yeah to the uh to the online uh to the online world that's pretty cool
1: providing a link remember you said that when we get to next week's episode darn tootin providing a link there it is man next week is encino man just in case anybody's wondering yeah yeah all right uh let's see um. At this point, well, this is the first episode of, I can't even believe we're, we're in June. Like, it seems crazy. Yeah, that we, I feel like we I, just got to 1992, and now we're already halfway through the year. I, yeah, it's, it's definitely flying. Yeah. So, as we always do, our first episode of each month, we jump in the DeLorean. We head back to this month in 92. So, let's jump in the DeLorean, and we'll head back to June of 1992.
0: When this baby hits 88 miles per hour. I was singing along, man. That's such a great tune.
1: That's right. Get back, Marty. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I've got some top news, top news. For, and some of this is going to be, this is like straight out of our childhoods. Um, yes. Yes. Top news for June of 1992. I don't think I don't think you couldn't be an American child that lived through June of 1992 and not know this story. Are you ready for this? I am ready for this, Pat. I have a question for you, and this goes all the way back to June 15th, in 1992. Pat, when you came on the podcast tonight, I bet you didn't realize there was going to be a spelling contest. <laughs> Pat, your your That's word right. is your word is potato. How do you spell potato, Pat? Okay,
0: I'm going to spell potato, but you know what? Like, all the air just got sucked out of the room because I think I m- might be missing the
1: reference. <laughs> oh, you you'll re- I bet you'll remember the reference when we get there.
0: Are, are you sure, John? I feel like I'm letting everybody down. No, I,
1: you'll remember it. Okay. How do you spell potato? P-O-T-A-T-O. Yes, that is how you spell potato. Do you recall how Dan Quayle... Spelled potato when he visited a Trenton, New Jersey Uh, elementary school. Oh, no. But I remember I remember when this happened. Uh But I can't. What did he say? Did he spell it with an E? He spelled it with an E on the end because somebody he had a card um, that somebody had created for him and the person so that he didn't have to just rely on memory because he knew he was going to be on camera. um, They spelled it wrong on the card.
0: Oh no. So he I was just going that. off of
1: he was just going off of what was written on the card. Even though he knew how to spell the word potato, he was reading off the card and so he spelled it with an E. And he wasn't even as a kid in nineteen ninety-two, I remember the vice president getting picked on for not being able to spell potato.
0: Yeah. I yeah, I remember that stuff too. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I I know that uh I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of that there was a lot of uh of uh teasing of him. Yeah, there was. But that but you know, I mean, uh you know, like uh, there were some gaffes mm-hmm. there. Oh, there's always you know what I'm there's, saying? There's
1: always some gaffes. Like every oh, yeah. every president has every president and vice president always has some pretty good moments.
0: And and I mean in all fairness to just about everybody, like I mean, have your entire life like that much on whatever side of the political spectrum whoever you voted for there's always you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's uh oh my gosh i remember that p o t a t o e yeah yep got uh that. okay got that reference good good
1: go. I, I i i understood that reference all right june 16th Patrick, on June 16th of 1992, the longest salami, which weighed 1,492 pounds, was created in Fleckerfjord, Norway.
0: The longest salami.
1: It was 68 feet and 9 inches. Wow. With a 20, I believe, a 25-inch circumference and weighed 1,500 pounds. That's a heck of a Twinkie. That's, That's a big Twinkie. So... June 22nd, two skeletons excavated in Yekaterinburg, Russia, are identified as Tsar Nicholas II and Tsarina Alexandra.
0: Oh, yes. Was Tsar Nicholas II, was he the one that Rasputin was the guy that kind of was messing with the whole thing? Yes. Am I okay? Yeah.
1: Uh, June 24th, mafia boss John Gotti begins his life sentence in jail for murder and other crimes. I remember. I remember I remember that trial. Yeah, yeah
0: I remember that. All, yeah.
1: Uh, this one will be important for next week's movie. Uh, June 28th, the Constitution of Estonia is signed into law. There you go. Oh. There you go. in the juice, buddy. Because that's not going to awesome. get old when we do that for next week. Not at all, man. At Didn't all. get old watching the movie. No, yeah. I'm just going to say even though sometimes he can occasionally get on my nerves, he's, he's no Bobcat Goldthwaite.
0: Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, if Bobcat go. Goldthwaite
1: talked that way, I'd, I'd be done.
0: That would, be, that would just kind of tap it out. Yeah.
1: I don't even know what that would sound like. Uh, B- buddy! Yeah, I don't know. Uh, people who died June 2nd. Philip Dunn, the founder of the Screenwriters Guild, died of cancer at age 84. June, oh. June 2nd, ninety-two. And then June 11th of 92, Marjorie Newell Robb, the oldest living survivor of the Titanic, died at age 103. Oh, wow. So she stuck around for a while. Apparently there was a door big enough for her. I'm just telling you, man, I just. (sighs)
0: Sometimes you got to do what you always do, turn Mm -hmm. death into a fighting chance to live. Mm Mm-hmm. There was a, but there what they had someone like that. I want to say there was this person that survived the Titanic, yeah, the Lusitania, and was maybe the Andrea Doria too. Okay, no, I don't know if the Andrea, but there were three. This this individual survived three um, major sinkings. I mean, to the point that I think the Titanic, they were, they were like super young. I mean, like at at that point, at that point, take the train. I was going to say, I know, I know. I, um, I'm I'm hearing Christopher,
1: I'm hearing Christopher Reeve in my head go, statistically speaking, flying is the safest way to travel. Flying is the safest way.
0: Yeah. I, um, uh, no, I'm going to have to look that up after the, after the show tonight, after the recording tonight. But yeah, there was a, there was an individual I remember reading about. Well, yeah, just any of that, but could you imagine being involved in like you Know th- the th- the three major maritime disasters. Mm hmm. Oh, uh, craziness.
1: I think that's God telling you you're meant to be a land lover. Yeah. 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 Uh, top sports June 14th, NBA Finals. The Chicago Bulls beat the Portland Trailblazers 97 93 in game six for back to back titles. Michael Jordan is the MVP oh. for the second straight year.
0: Oh, yeah. And it all begins. Mm hmm.
1: It all begins. And then you end up with the three peat, and then you repeat the three peat and Yeah. And then it all falls yeah. off the rails. But Yeah. Well, know, it's got a couple of couple of three
0: It's it's hard to it's hard to maintain that stuff.
1: Um and then June twenty fourth, NBA draft. LSU center Shaquille O'Neal is the first pick by the Orlando Magic. Wow. When he was just a baby. Like a seven foot one baby, but he was just a baby.
0: Yeah, gosh, that was
1: all right, man. Fun, uh, fun little trivia. Top books were Jewels by Danielle Steele and Oh, the Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss. Okay. Top okay. movies were Patriot Games and Batman Returns. Good choices all the way around. And top songs were Jump by Chris Cross and I'll Be There by Mariah Carey. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of, I've, we've been kind of reshuffling or, or re- structuring how we do some of the like information here at the beginning of our episodes. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to kind of throw in throw in a little bit of trivia here towards the beginning of the episode while we do the, you know, title, release date, rating, all that other information. Um, so I don't have a sound drop for this one just yet. Um, but going forward, I'm, I'm titling this section trivia pursuits,
0: trivia pursuits.
1: Get the wedgie. Uh, Yes. Which, uh, by the way, I think we might have been challenged by another podcast to have a Star Wars trivia contest. Oh, well, they, uh, dude. Docking Bay 77 podcast. Uh, they okay. On Twitter, they had, uh, I, they had listened to the episode, and then on Twitter somebody had said, um, just heard about how apparently how good John is at Star Wars Trivial Pursuit. Maybe we should have a <laughs> podcast battle sometime. So I'm like, all right, let's set it up okay guys I mean if (laughs) if you want to go up against John and Star Wars trivia see I kind of feel I'm kind of worried though like I'm a little rusty I haven't nobody will play Star Wars Trivial Pursuit with me so I haven't played it I haven't actually done the trivia stuff in Star Wars for quite a while so I'm a little I am a little nervous I'm probably a little rusty on it but I'm always up for a good challenge
0: well and, and I mean, I, I would like to attend and help represent, but I kind of feel like that episode of Happy Days when Fonzie had the rumble, rumble and Shachi uh, was like, uh, Fonzie's going to let me rumble with him. And then he ended up just showing up and holding Fonzie's scarf. Uh-huh. And I feel like that might be like what happens if I, you know what I'm saying, like do a Star Wars uh, trivia yeah, With you. I'm going to probably have to hold your scarf.
1: This was about, you know probably about three or four years ago. It was, it was before the pandemic. Um, he, my, my wife was just texting me to remind me the, about the story. I'm just about to tell you. Um, nice. Three or four years ago, a uh, friend of mine, we we're, were good friends with their family. And um, he and I, there was this bar in one of the nearby towns in Grays Lake, and they were doing a star Wars trivia night. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, that's cool. Um, I couldn't get any of my other like normal trivia people to necessarily go with me. Um, but I also knew that he lived right there in that town. So I, you know, called him up and I was like, hey, do you want to go, you know, go to this bar and they're doing Star Wars trivia. And and he's like, yeah, I mean, I, you know, my kids like Star Wars and, and I like it. I don't know how good I'm going to be at trivia. And I said, yeah, don't worry about it. We'll just go and we'll have fun. We'll get some food. We'll have fun and, and we'll see how it goes. I get there and the place is packed. And Mm -hmm. this, I mean, standing room only, this place is packed and we're able to get, we're able to get a couple of seats. Some people were nice enough to share their table with us. And, um, so there are a lot of people there that are in like teams of eight people, 10 people, and everybody's like wearing their star Wars shirts. And, and I walk in and I go, Oh dear. Um, all right. Well, at least the food will be good. Um, but I feel like I'm, I'm like, gonna be overwhelmed by the star wars nerds that are also in this room with me and um i will i will jump to the short version of the story he really couldn't answer any of the questions because he was like yeah i i really don't know you're just gonna have to answer all these questions and out of all of the people that were in that bar i single-handedly won the star wars trivia
0: i yes yeah yes so, so That's I know, like
1: modestly, I'm like I know I'm a little rusty because I haven't done anything like that for a few years. But I, I have so much useless knowledge in my noggin, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm I'm always up for some good Star Wars trivia.
0: Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. And I, is not useless information, man. It's absolutely very useful information.
1: Well, yeah, I mean. Not going to help you get a car loan or anything like that, but
0: well, yeah, you know, I could world, maybe if more the, to life than a car loan.
1: Maybe if the guy at the bank is a really big Star Wars fan, he'll you know knock off some of the some of the interest rate, or I don't know.
0: You you walk into those things and you say, "I have a very particular set of skills mm-hmm. that makes me."
1: You will give me a lower monthly payment. Yes. Uh, we'll have to see if that works um, alright so Trivia Pursuits movie this time around is called The Distinguished Gentleman came out on the 4th of December 1992 rated R with a runtime of 1 hour 52 minutes uh, directed by Jonathan Lynn, who also did Clue and My Cousin Vinny uh, quick interesting little thing about Lynn was he started his career at age 21 on Broadway in a show in which he acted alongside John Cleese and Graham Chapman from Monty Python Oh, so talk about a first job. My first job was at Sears in the stockroom. Jonathan Lynn's first yeah, job was on Broadway with well, John Cleese and Graham Chapman. I, that's yeah, why, that, that was not my experience. That's why I'm not directing Eddie Murphy movies. I mean, there's a number of mm-hmm. reasons I'm not directing Eddie Murphy movies, but, uh, writers for this one were Marty Kappen. Kaplan, sorry, who did the story and the screenplay, and Jonathan Reynolds, who did the story. Uh, Reynolds passed away last year in 2021. Kaplan also did Noises Off, which we just did a couple of weeks ago, in mm-hmm. uh, a movie called Striking Distance. Reynolds did My Stepmother is an Alien, and the perennial Bill Cosby favorite, Leonard Part 6. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. We start with the part six because we didn't have the jello pudding for the part one through five, you see. <laughs> oh geez. Oh geez. Theo. <laughs> Where's Rudy? Um, so I and ashamedly I will say I did enjoy Leonard Part Six when I was a kid.
0: All right, I still have yet to see.
1: And you're probably okay. Okay. I mean, if you really want to see it, it's it's stupid and it might be fun. I kind of put... It's it's the same... Roughly the same time period and the same kind of flavor as like a... What can I equate it with? Maybe like a Suburban Commando and a No Holds bard and... Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of put it on the same level as like a Hulk Hogan movie. Got it. All right, well, that... Yeah. It might be even stupider than that, but... Yeah, but it doesn't enrage me like Cool World.
0: Okay. All right, so, fair enough. Yeah.
1: I'd say give it a try. I mean, but um, don't, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't want you to waste, like, an hour and a half of your life, but if you're bored and you have nothing else to do and you've already stuck an ice pick in your earlobe, then you could watch <laughs> the third part six. There you go. I'm just trying to give you options. There
0: you go. It's good to have options. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, producers on this one were Leonard Goldberg, who passed away in 2019, and Michael Pazer. Goldberg did War Games and Double Jeopardy. Pazer did Ruthless People and Hackers. Double Jeopardy was the movie that taught everyone that if you already killed someone, you can kill them again and you won't get in trouble for it. Right. I I, I never even saw the movie, that, but that's what I learned from it. Right. I think well, that's how that you know. works. I don't understand the law. I, Yeah. It was my understanding there would be no law during the podcast. <laughs> Music was done by Randy Edelman, who did Twins, Ghostbusters 2, and Kindergarten Cop. That's quite a quite a collection there. That's some good stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, that,
1: yeah. Uh, cinematography was done by Gabriel Beristain, uh, who also did Cinematography for Blade 2, The Strain, and Agent Carter. Um, and if you're a believer in the Mandala Effect uh, in the other universe, uh, that's Gabriel Berenstein. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Mandela Effect, eventually we're going to talk about the movie. Um, right. What movie are we doing? We're distinguished gentleman. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Speaking of the Mandela Effect, you know what I learned the other day? That there is another, because uh, you, know, you remember what that is, right? The Mandela Effect. You might have to uh, refresh my memory. So, the Mandela Effect is the belief that there are alternate universes and that we are, we occasionally have people that are crossing over between universes. And so there are Mm -hmm. a a swath of people that believe that Nelson Mandela died in prison. Like they're absolutely convinced that he died in prison. And there's a whole other group of people that are like, no, he got out of prison and, okay, and, and, Led South Africa and um and it's the same group of people that believe because when you look at the like the well, the one example that is always put up there is the Baron bears. Yes. And people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa! The book says Baron Stain bears. It, when I was a kid, it said Baron Steen bears, and that's what we always called it. Okay. Yeah. And so some people believe that they're like there are and there are other examples that there are. That there are alternate realities and that sometimes we cross over into the alternate realities. The one I learned about, was it yesterday? Might have been yesterday. Um, When you think back, so think back to the Publishers Clearinghouse commercials that came on TV when we were kids. Mm -hmm. Who handed out the big checks? It was Ed McMahon, right? Thank you. Okay. Apparently, and, and this is according to the internet and according to all kinds of different, uh, articles here, um, Ed McMahon never worked for Publishers Clearinghouse.
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Like he never worked for the company. He was never, you know, handing out the big checks, uh, to people. And I have no idea. Like uh, this thing here, it's, uh, I'm actually on Snopes.com. Okay. And uh, it says some readers might fondly remember Publishers Clearinghouse television commercials from past decades where sweepstakes winners were notified at their doorsteps by the Publishers Clearinghouse prize patrol that they had won large cash prizes, sometimes with a big check. However, Ed McMahon never appeared in the ads. Huh. I am com- okay. completely convinced that he was in the Publishers Clearinghouse once. Yeah. So how, so are we're the alternate reality. So apparently, so maybe we're in the alternate reality. Um, so apparently he did appear in other commercials for something okay. called American Family Publishers, which is kind of similar to Publishers Clearinghouse. Okay. Um, but he never actually, like, did any of the delivering of the big checks to people. So my guess is what really happened is that people saw the American Family Publisher commercials, and mm-hmm. he did not remember that name, but remembered Publishers Clearinghouse, right? And so they just kind of mixed the two together. And then in popular media,
0: like all it takes is a comedian to say, to do a bit about, yeah, I'm going to get in a word from Ed McMahon. I mean, that's all it takes. And then suddenly, right? You know.
1: So anyway, that's your that's your Mandela effect for the day. Mm. Because I, okay. I too was completely convinced that he was the representative for Publishers Clearinghouse and delivered those big checks.
0: This is, you know what? That's like a thing like Danny Glover gets um, Roger Murtaugh. I'm yeah. getting too old for this. Yeah. That he never says that line, right? Isn't that kind of the thing? Like he never says I'm getting too old for this right. stuff. It's always like, I'm too old for this or I'm too old for the, and it never gets, compl- but the quote is always attributed to him. Yeah. It's sort of like a thing like that, right?
1: Yeah, it's like that, and um, what is the, how people always think it's, uh, Luke, I am your father. Right. When it's not, it's, and no, it's, I am your father.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's right, that's right.
1: No, I am your father. That kind of deal?
0: No, yeah, I know. Yeah. I was trying to explain to Dominic the import of that line the other day, because we we're, for him, re-watching the movies, and then for Daniela first time, and, and all that, I'm like, Dominic, you got to understand, like, that was... That was the original cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Like that was said, and there was the collective suck of error, uh, sucking out of the room. Like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And then the movie ends, <laughs> mm-hmm. and the hero is not saved. And you know, I'm like, that's. Now we have 18 other movies and right. 16 other television shows and 4,800 novels. And
1: but at that time, it was like Maury coming on and saying, "You." Are the father. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But we didn't know if it was true or not.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, editor for this movie were Barry B. Lehrer and Tony Lombardo. Lehrer did Lockup and one of my dad's favorite TV shows, Nash Bridges. Um, mm-hmm. Lombardo did Uncle Buck and My Cousin Vinny. Mm-hmm. But budget for this one was fifty million. Box office was eighty-six million. Flick Metrics gives it a fifty percent for this st- distinguished gentleman, and Cinema Score gives it a B plus. Eddie Murphy played Thomas Jefferson Johnson. He was in Beverly Hills Cop and Coming to America. Lane Smith, who died in two thousand five, was Dick Dodge. He was in My Cousin Vitty and Lois and Clark. Cheryl Lee Ralph was Miss Loretta. She was in Oliver and Company and Sister Act two. Joe Don Baker was Olaf Anderson. He was in GoldenEye and Mars Attacks. Victoria Rowell was Celia Kirby. She was in Dumb and Dumber and the TV series Diagnosis Murder. Grant Schaud played Arthur Reinhardt. He was in Wall Street and the TV show Murphy Brown. Kevin McCarthy, who died in 2010, played Terry Corrigan. He was in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 50s version and, I believe, the 70s version, and the movie Space. Charles S. Dutton played Elijah Hawkins. He was in Alien 3, which we're going to talk about a little bit later this year, and A Time mm-hmm. to Kill. Uh, Vic also played a uh, a religious man in Alien 3, so did a lot of, uh, he was very much a preacher in 1992. Yeah. Uh, Victor Rivers played Armando. He was in The Mask of Zorro and The Air I Breathe. Shia McBride played Homer. He was in Gone in 60 Seconds and yeah. the TV series Human Target. Noble Willingham died in 2004, played Zeke Bridges. He was in City Slickers and The Howling. Gary Frank played Iowa. He was in Remington Steel and Deep Space Nine. Cynthia Harris, who died in 2021, played Vera Johnson. She was in the TV series Mad About You and uh, LA Law. Uh, Daniel Benzali played Skeeter Warburton. He was in A View to a Kill and Murder at 1600. James Garner, who died in 2014, played Jeff Johnson. The name you know. He was in The Notebook and The Great Escape. Mm. All right, so uh, a couple of things, trivia-wise, that I wanted to bring up real quick. Uh, the movie's screenplay was written by Marty Kaplan, who was a past screenwriter for Democratic uh, presidential candidate Walter Mondale in 1984. Okay. Uh, this was, uh, Eddie Murphy had a couple of kids that were born right before this movie, one in 1989 and one in 1990, and this kind of was, this kind of marked... Like the the very late '80s on into the early '90s, in fact, all the way up until like '96 or '97, was when Eddie Murphy had just been so hot uh, in the mm-hmm. in, in box office in the '80s, and this was kind of his big slump. Was this okay. this time period from like '89, '88, '89 to about '97 or '98? Um, He had about a decade where just things did not go well. And then after that decade, he kind of came back um, with the kind of the family friendly movies. He started coming back as like the donkey from Shrek, um, you know, and the uh, Dr. Doolittle movies and and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. now the other thing not related to this movie at all that I thought you would be interested in, and I'll ask because maybe you did this uh, on Sunday Um, this will give people an idea of when we're recording this too. So yesterday was Sunday, May 22nd. Um, Patrick, did you happen to take part in the, uh, annual distinguished gentleman's motorcycle ride?
0: I, I did not, John. I did not. I was kind of
1: hoping maybe you had. Okay. Do, Do you know what the, do you know what the gentleman's ride is? Uh, I do not. John, I don't. Okay. So apparently what you do, um, and I don't know, I, the, one of the articles I saw that there were a bunch of places that were doing it for the very first time, um, but this is for a, uh, it's kind of the charity is for men's health, um, and it is uh, supported by, or it's supporting the charity known as Movember. Okay. And the idea is that you have uh, people and and you get all dressed up real nice in like a suit. They've got a lot of pictures of guys in jackets and bow ties and things like that. And uh, they are riding classic and vintage style motorcycles. Oh, wow. And it like happens across the world. Like um, in Edinburgh, Scotland, it was like the 11th annual uh, distinguished gentleman's ride. In Fayetteville, Arkansas, it was the first annual uh, gentleman's ride. But apparently on Sunday, May 22nd, this was a worldwide event that took place. They've been doing it, uh, I guess, actually, this was the 11th time because it says they had been uh, raising money since 2012 and okay. uh, had about 92,000 riders from across the world.
0: Oh, wow. And they just thought, well, just, I didn't see the ride they get, go by. They, they
1: get dressed up all fancy and they ride their motorcycles.
0: That's pretty cool. And they ride vintage bikes. Well, yeah. I
1: need to get a vintage. I need to get a vintage bike. Sean. You need to get a vintage bike. Do you want me to call Tammy? Uh, Tammy knows. Do you want me to tell her that it's for charity? It's for men's health. I, that every little bit will help. All right. I will. Every little bit will help. I will make a PowerPoint. That John. And I will share that. That will be,
0: I will make a PowerPoint. Okay. The PowerPoint will be shared. Yes.
1: Okay. All right. I will, I will do what I can. That's what friends are for. That's what friends are
0: for. I will
1: do whatever I can to get you a vintage motorcycle. (sighs) <sighs> a guy can dream, John. A guy can dream. Uh huh. So anyway, that is uh, that is the distinguished gentleman's motorcycle ride. It has nothing to do with the movie, but it had the same name. So, so there it is. We could we could throw that in there for the folks. All right, I am going to, I'm going to mark down what time it is because it is like forty-ish minutes into the episode, and all of a sudden. I cannot get any of the pages on my Safari window to load. Oh. So let's try. Well, that's frustrating. Again. You know, it's, it's a little, uh, when all your notes are on Google Docs, it's a little, it's a challenge. So let's see what we got going on here. Not cooperating. Okay, let's look here. Let's try this again. And we're back. We're back. We're back. back. Here's the news. All right. Let's get to where we were. And there we go. Okay. All right, so a con man discovers during a job that U.S. Congress is the place to be, and that's where the money is, and that his uh, name recognition, because he has a name that is very similar to an existing congressman, uh, the name you know, Jeff Johnson, is going to get him elected. Uh, the question is, will he develop a conscience once he gets to Washington, D.C.? I feel like that's a contradiction, but let's find out. A oh, waiter with Ned bourbon sour. Oh, you must think I'm Kareem. I'm Jamal. He's you on your drinks, too. He's fired. Corrine, where's this woman's drink? Thomas Jefferson Johnson is no ordinary con man. Take the damn money. Take the watch, please. You know this goes against my every principle. There is only one place for people like him.
0: I want to tell y'all about a town where the streets are paved with gold. You mean Las Vegas? No, not Las Vegas. He's talking about Washington, D.C.
1: I am running for Congress. <laughs> Now, Thomas Johnson con man <laughs> is Thomas Johnson congressman.
0: Read my lips.
1: We have a new member joining us today, the distinguished gentleman from Florida. Paul
0: Dickhauser, American Tobacco Council. <laughs> okay, Paul. I'm going to be extremely frank with you. That is, if you're interested in
1: fundraising. Well, I'm very flattered, Mr. Chairman.
0: Dick. Well, I'm very flattered, Mr. Dick. no, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry, Chairman Dick. Oh, no Dick, just Dick. Oh, just
1: Dick, just plain old Dick. We feel that the semi automatic weapons got in a bad rap. Really, they're just guns for the ordinary sportsman. Then, like a nice warm Uzi.
0: Must have had a heart attack.
1: Hollywood Pictures presents Eddie Murphy.
0: And I think it is wrong. When students have to stay up late at night and miss all the good shows, doing homework, then get up early in the morning
1: and go to school.
0: This sort of thing just is not fair.
1: He's going to do to Congress oh. what Congress has been doing to you. I got a sprinkler, too, now. Back out. Oh. All right, then. The Distinguished Gentleman. What not you going to vote? To? Is that what that means? You know, all this time, I thought that that meant was time for Final Jeopardy or something. Well, so for this one, we've got some major moments to talk about here in this movie. I've got about five major moments for us to kind of go through, so we'll go ahead and get started with those. Um, first off, we meet Thomas Jefferson Johnson, a con artist, and uh, we've got that first scene where he's at the, at the house and he's pretending to be a waiter, um, but he's got the rest of his team there, and we've got the, uh, was it Miss Loretta? shows up and they're, they're trying to shake down the one, um, the, the, the guy who owns the house there. And, and what was it? It was, um, it was, uh, not women of the world. What was it? it, What was the name of the phone?
0: Yeah. The adult phone line. It it was something of the world. Yeah. I think it was something of a take on women of the world.
1: Yeah. 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 (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, so we have that whole, kind of that whole first scene of, um, you know, him trying to shake him down. He's got his whole crew there, and, you know, we've got the one guy comes in pretending to be the uh, jealous boyfriend, and, um, you know, he's pretending then to be the undercover FBI agent, and he's like, well, you know, it's, you know, we, we really, you shouldn't pay people off like that, and, well, how much would it normally take? He just, well, you know, it's, you know, 2000 Oh, yeah, no problem. Well, there are four of them. Um, no, just, problem. It's, it's, no problem. No problem uh did i also happen to mention that yeah and he just kind of keeps just more and more and more Mm -hmm. and then that's at the party where he kind of overhears some conversations about the kind of um donations and fundraisers that the politicians uh the money that they're able to pull down from those and he's kind of like i'm in the wrong line of business yeah no kidding so that kind of jumps off that's the that's the Beginning point of the whole movie is he decides, look, I'm, you know, $12,000 here, $12,000 there. That's chump change compared to what I could be getting if I was in Washington. And he realizes that, wait a minute, my name is real close to that other guy's name. Right. And it just so happens that Congressman Jeff Johnson has a, uh, shall we say, mishap? Mm -hmm. Bit of a mishap. Uh, and he Thanks. dies. He's, he's, he's dead, Mr. Coach Klein. Um, and so then he has the opportunity. Eddie Murphy's character then has the opportunity. Thomas Jefferson Johnson has the opportunity to shorten his name to Jeff Johnson and get on the ballot through name recognition. And um, so that's the next major moment is he realizes that he can take the name you know, and as long as he gets the backing of uh, a major donor group, then he's good. So he goes and enlists the helps of the Silver Foxes. Hmm? Which I think is a great name for a, uh, not a, well, I guess, a, was that the name of their political party? I think it was just like their political. Is it their pack? Yeah, because I think they were all elderly yeah. folks. Yeah. You're putting somebody on the Silver Fox ticket. So the quick version of the, I mean, the next few things, it, it kind of runs in, uh, in quick succession here. So he does get elected based on the name recognition. So major moment three is. Thomas Jefferson Johnson is in Washington, D.C. now. And you've got a lot of funny moments uh, during this part where, you know, he has no clue what it takes to really be a congressman, what it means to be in Washington, D.C. You had that funny bit in the trailer that we heard where the bell goes off. And they're like, aren't you going to go in and vote? It's like, oh, I thought that meant it was time for Final Jeopardy. Um, the the scene where he's got the group of school kids there and they're asking him to explain the uh, the, the vote that he just cast and he's like, Oh yeah, I, I voted no. I, I voted no. You know, yeah. just, my conscience, I had to vote no. And then somebody else shows up and goes, Yeah, can you explain to the kids uh what we just voted on? Because he had no clue what he just voted on. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, it was the what was like the the uh better schools and clean air project? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, because I think that kids deserve more than just clean air. <laughs> and of course, right.
0: right. The- we <laughs> have to make we have to make difficult decisions.
1: Mm-hmm. And ever the consummate yes. con man comes up with a way to get out of it. Right. Right. Just keep talking.
0: Keep talking. Just keep talking. Give, give a good speech. Mm-hmm.
1: This was a, and we're still kind of working through the plot here, but one of the things I want to mention about this movie, mm-hmm. and then we'll, we'll give kind of more of our opinions here in just a minute, but um, one of the things about this movie is this is one of those movies where even if maybe the story itself or the execution itself was not as strong as it could have been, it's one of those Mm -hmm. movies where it was definitely a vehicle for Eddie Murphy to do his Eddie Murphy stuff. Yes, agreed. You you know, we talk pretty regularly about, well, this movie was clearly a way for Robin Williams to be Robin Williams
0: Mm -hmm. and, and to
1: practice some of his Robin Williams stuff. And this one was definitely for Eddie Murphy to practice some of his stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. Cause, oh yeah, because you have the moment. Most- like I,
1: I always remember Eddie Murphy, you know, doing like the um, uh, the Jesse Jackson voices, mm-hmm. and of course he does that. And when he when he calls, um, who does he pretend to be? He pretends to be. I was gonna pull it up here, so I, I made sure I got it. He pretends to be Mister Joshua Benjamin from the NAACP. Right. Yeah, and he calls Chairman Dodge's office, and he's like, Chairman Dodge, please. Would you tell him that it's Mr. Joshua Benjamin from the NAACP? Yeah. Would you be a great deal of help? I have a few minor questions. I would like to know how many members of the chairman's committee are African-American. None? Well, surely there must be a Latino member on the committee. No Latinos either. Does the chairman have any Asians or Native Americans on the committee? And he just goes through his whole thing. (laughs) Right right it's so good yeah. all his
0: voices were really on display in this one yeah. i thought
1: yeah um
0: you know so yeah that was a real that was pretty cool
1: yeah uh so and then we get to kind of the turning point of the movie uh thomas jefferson johnson gets a bit of a conscience uh he meets a young um i think she's a lawyer uh, kind of a lobbyist And, uh, does not realize that she is related to, uh, one of the other congressmen he had met earlier, uh, that she is related to, um, Reverend Elijah Hawkins, uh, who is also a congressman. Uh, that's the one that's played by Charles S. Dutton. And so he kind of starts to fall in love with her a little bit. And, um, between her prodding that, you know, people in Congress should actually do something with the position they've been given, not just raise money and keep the money for themselves. Um, you know, he kind of starts to fall for her a little bit. We have that moment where the mother and child, you know, come bursting into his office and demands to see him right away, and he he finds out about the idea of the cancer clusters um, with people living near the power lines, things like that. Um, so that's the moment I'm calling Thomas Jefferson Johnson Gets a Conscience, and that's kind of the turning point of the movie where he realizes, you know, I, I came here to just... Grift as much money as I possibly could off of these people. And now I'm starting to realize that the position that I'm in, I, I actually should, and, and I could and should be doing something good with it.
0: Hmm. No, nope, 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 nope. I agree. I agree.
1: And then the final major moment of the movie. Um, I, I think this says it all. I'm calling this major moment. Thomas Jefferson Johnson exposes Dick.
0: That- <laughs> yes. Yes. As and has that can
1: happen in these movies. Yes, and and shares with the entire what is it the the industry and power committee that they're on just exposes everything that he's been doing, uh, hides that mm-hmm. video camera so that they record the conversation um, that was taking place in his office, and just basically lays the whole thing out in front of everybody and gets him arrested in front of everybody. Right. Right. And it was kind of a. Uh, what am I, what am I equating it to? I'm kind of equating it to like a, um, uh, scent of a woman, final courtroom scene.
0: Yeah. you like,
1: you have the whole audience there that needs to be there and everybody's cheering and it's all triumphant and, and all that. And, and then you have the, uh, kind of the, the funny, uh, line there at the end of the movie. And, and he's like, you know, well, now that I'm not really gonna be a Congressman anymore anymore necessarily. And now that people know my face, so I can't really be a con man. There's only one thing left for me to do. I'm going to run for president. Mm-hmm. and then that's you know end of the movie uh did i miss any major move ma- well, let's try speaking in english did i miss any major moments before we go into our deep thoughts i don't believe you missed any major moves major moves okay as long no, as no, no major moves major major menu um <laughs> the uh i hear the moma the the moma is a, a very good uh museum in new york city um <laughs> I, start Manomana. Like, Manomana. Manomana.
0: Manomana. Manomana. I, I sing monomena at the moma
1: um and uh i wonder if they have a Mo- Well, monet would be a little too old for the moma that's more Mo- <laughs> the moma's for modern <laughs> Just, so yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> we're freewheeling john we're freewheeling we are i they might not have monet but i bet they've got a dada do you think they have a dada at the moma
0: Mon- of course
1: yeah Uh, that, that's also a little bit of a, any of my, many of my, uh, deep cut mad about you fans out there will also know that that's a bit that they do in mad about you where they start talking about the MoMA and, and he's like, yeah, do they have a data at the MoMA? I bet they do. (laughs) All right. Uh, well, if I get tongue tied again, I, next time I'll just switch directly into a Swedish chef mode and we'll just go from there. Yeah. All right. It's time for deep thoughts.
0: And now, Deep
1: Thoughts. (gasps) Patrick? John? I would like to know your your deepest thoughts about this movie. Do you like this movie?
0: Yes. I... I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. For For the thing that you mentioned at the top, it... Very basic level. Um, it's Eddie Murphy being Eddie Murphy. Yeah.
1: There was nothing in this movie that I could say it really stood out to me. No. Like there's nothing fantastic about this movie, but I enjoyed it. I had fun watching it. Um, it's one of those movies that like, if I was sitting around, not that this ever happens anymore, cause I don't have cable. Um, but if I was sitting around watching TV, just flipping through the channels and all of a sudden this movie came on, I'd be like, Oh yeah, I'll watch this for a little bit. Um,
0: it's mm-hmm. kind of one of those. Yeah. It's like,
1: it's, it's not, it's never going to go on any like top movie list for me. Um, you know, it's not necessarily one I'm going to be, I'm going to seek out again, but at the same time, if it was on, yeah, I'll watch it. Um, it's kind of, what was the, there was a thought, I I kind of had formulated my thought earlier on when I had finished watching it a couple of days ago, and it was, this movie is a very safe, very vanilla Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah.
0: Like, it's it's um, not,
1: it's not his, it's not 80s Eddie Murphy where he might shock you with some of the stuff that he says or does. Um, it's kind of, you know, just as, just as his character gets a bit of a conscience uh, as the movie goes on, I feel like this is kind of the turning point, and, and maybe that's why some of his box office stuff started to drop during this time period. I feel like he went from being the, you know, very extreme, I mean, hilarious, but, but sometimes very offensive Eddie Murphy from the 80s to and maybe it's because he had kids he just had a couple of kids before making this movie and so maybe something in him was starting to kind of mellow out a little bit and be like wow I'm I'm a dad now um maybe I need to switch up what I do and what I say and I don't know I'm I'm not going to speak for him Uh, um I know that there's still plenty of movies that came out around this time and after this time where he was you know still same sense of humor but I mean part of me feels like this is a very middle of the road kind of safe movie for him.
0: Yeah, I I I agree. I mean, it was in that I mean definitely it wasn't as, you know, over the top as like some of some of the movies. I mean, even with like, you know, well, there was some language in there. I mean, but oh, yeah, like yeah. uh you know, if you compare it to like his stand up like raw and and uh, all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a a different thing. I just found it like it. I mean, it was just, it was just kind of, okay, there was the good guys, there was the bad guys, the good guys won in the end, you know, I mean, it, it, it was, uh, it, it was just, it was just a light, fun story, a chance for him to Show off the characters and the mannerisms that we love so much about Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you know, um, you know, it was in many ways it was almost like watching Axel Foley. Yeah, you know, with the laugh and the way he could drop into the different voices and it, you know, the <laughs> way he would be involved. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And he would be in a certain situation, then suddenly, uh, you know, he would turn it on its ear and he would come out on top. You know, like he was always you know he always had a way out of things you know like like you said the con man able to talk himself uh out of um problematic situations yeah but but yeah it, it was it was um whether by design or just kind of the way things happened it was a lighter a lighter movie yeah so
1: we had a few uh, few folks on Twitter. I tweeted out that these are the, the couple of movies we're going to be recording. Our episodes episodes on tonight are The Distinguished Gentleman and Encino Man. Um, and so we had a couple of responses on here. Docking Bay 77 podcast said, I like uh, that they liked Distinguished Gentleman. Um, right. Joshua Seban uh, is at Dark Agar on Twitter is, said, Distinguished Gentleman shows how interesting and important a name is um mm-hmm. and let's see that was at the arrest number for encino man but um yeah. yeah so i mean it's not it's it's kind of an unassuming movie like it's not it doesn't necessarily challenge anything it doesn't it's not extreme in any way it's got a you know it's it's got a decent message to it um yeah,
0: yeah. good guy bad guy you know the 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 lovable miscreant kind of becomes the the, the hero yeah. kind of thing yeah um you know, you get a little bit of that um, outsider comes in and shakes up Washington kind of thing going on. Yeah, um, you, you see that similar, you see that similar thing in in the movie. I mean, completely different movie, but it's the same kind of thing with the movie Dave that came out within a couple of years of this. I want to say is yeah, is you know, someone goes into the someone goes into Washington and changes things up. Which I think, you know, I think a couple things, I think uh, was something that, well, how do I say this safely on the podcast? I think that, I think there's a definitely kind of a romantic idea of that, you know, Mm -hmm. that Washington is broken and, uh, you know, you need an outsider to go in and just kind of some some common sense or some, you know, he's the con man, but he's going to see the way through it, bringing his con man skills to it, you know. He'll beat the bad guys and and win the day and and like I said I am not knocking the movie I mean it's just it's just that's what it's supposed to be yeah. good guys bad guys light fun ending and and the rest and that's what you get and it's it's enjoyable.
1: Hey, if if you want to like you can totally go off on a political thing if you want to because this is no. the movie we're talking about this time. This could be the thirty-something political podcast.
0: No. Nope, nope. Nope. <laughs> sorry. You don't want to? Not gonna dad. No, not gonna do it, not even though it. You, know,
1: you know what I read earlier today, and I was can a little, only imagine. I, I was I can a little sad, imagine. I was a little sad we're not on it, Pat. Yeah, did you see that Russia released their list of the 963 Americans that are permanently banned from Russia?
0: Oh, are we not on that we're list? We're not on there, <sighs> well. Well, we have goals, John. Now I we mean, have goals. We
1: broke. I earlier today I saw. Well, and that thing fluctuates so much. Earlier today I saw we broke into the top one hundred of uh, film history podcasts on iTunes. Um, really? Yeah. So, but I'm like, apparently wow. that doesn't rate enough for us to get banned from Russia for life. Well, you want to know? You want to know who else was banned? Who else was banned? Director Rob Reiner was banned. Okay. I okay. Know, I don't know why. Um, Morgan Freeman. Was banned. Oh, oh! So the Penguins in Russia are going to have to find somebody else to narrate their life. I guess. My I friend, guess my friend Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne, could, I um could not go to Moscow. Yeah,
0: I, I, uh, I really I don't I don't want to talk politics. <laughs> no, no. Okay. but I, I will say that you know I think. I think one of the things um, that I find humorous in this movie is that, you know,
1: do you find, I think do you find politics th- humorous?
0: Oh, oh my gosh. Beyond. Okay. Um, you know, if I wasn't crying or if I wasn't laughing, <laughs> I'd be crying. Uh-huh. Um, no, but I think what you see in this movie is, you know, Eddie Murphy doing like Eddie Murphy yeah. to a, to a T I mean, he is just, you know, right in his, his uh, uh, strong point, the what would it be? The antagonists in this movie, all the bad guys, each one of those guys could be like in a movie as the main bad guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Each one, each one of those guys, I think one was earlier in my cousin, Vinny was the uh, lawyer Yep. I think one of those guys a number of years ago was the was the main newsman in UHF, the bad guy. Yep. Um, you know, I know that uh was it is it Joe Don Baker? Uh-huh. Yeah. He plays uh well, he hasn't always the bad guy. You know, he was he's been in some 007 movies. He's been the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think he was the bad guy in a double oh seven movie as well. Yeah, I don't I know. Was, Bottom line in a is any of them. yeah any one of those guys could be that, that guy. Um, And they put them all in this movie. You know what I'm saying? It's like, give me a, we need a character actor for this type of character, but then as opposed to taking one of the five that showed up, they take all five. Yeah. Um, And so that was really, I mean, that assemblage of talent was um, pretty impressive and getting James Garner in there of course is, is is just fantastic. Yeah. Um you could definitely tell who they were trying to make fun of. Oh yeah. I mean, you could definitely see you could definitely see which which side of the aisle and which beliefs and which part of the country and all of that kind of stuff that that they were poking fun at mm-hmm. or using as a foil. And I'm gonna say, like, I would be interested seeing this movie released today, just because politics has changed so much in 30 years. Yeah, you know, like so much of it has changed, so much stays the same. It's like going back and watching The West Wing. <laughs> you know, you go back and you watch The West Wing, and you're less like, oh my gosh, this show's written so well. So, but it was just written in a different political climate. Yeah, right. And so, I wonder how something like this would play today.
1: Yeah. Um I don't think I don't think I don't think
0: dot, it would play dot, today.
1: <laughs> I don't think it would play today. Okay. I think that I think a lot of the political stuff has just become so polarizing that mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm not sure cuz I mean you had a series of kind of political movies that came out in the early to mid 90s. Um mm-hmm. and I feel like people are so so much uh, demonizing the other side, and it's so yeah. it's so polarizing um, that I don't know that people could go and enjoy a political movie, even if it's a, even if it's a political comedy. I'm I'm not sure. Right, and I'll and I'll
0: tell you, I think I think, um, and and I want to say this. I, I mean, there's been enough strife and there's been enough division. Yeah. I you know, and I love a good fight as much as the next guy, sometimes even more. <laughs> but I mean, in, in in the same token, like, I don't, I don't want to add more division, but I also think, you know, I think there's also uh, a belief that, well, Hollywood and movies, well, Hollywood always takes one side. Right? Yeah. And so, and then kind of makes fun of the other side and so I think, I think looking at this in today's day and age, I think that would be, um, I think that would be, I think that would be difficult. Yeah, you know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it was just, it was just a different time, and so the humor fell differently.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's and so in that sense, I, I found it very interesting watching the movie excuse me and watching the movie because uh just th- for that exact thing thinking back 30 years ago and um, oh yeah that's that's what politics was like back then yeah so yeah like i said i'm trying to keep i'm trying to keep it like objective and just you know not not saying my own opinions one way or the other or mhm and all that. But yeah, that's, that's one that when we look back and how does the movie age and I, I, all the things, I think if you look at the movie of itself, I think Eddie Murphy is awesome. I think he's just a funny, funny, talented, uh, individual. Um, and I, I, like I said, I love the, the protest. Am I using that right? Is it the antagonists or protagonist? Who are the bad guys in the movie?
1: Antagonists. Yeah.
0: I think, I think they just stacked the deck with the antagonists and with, with talent and, um, you know, it was great, but I, I just obviously, you know, like it was made in its time and so, you know, it's going to, it's going to have different beats now.
1: All right I do you have anything else you want to say about the distinguished gentleman before we jump into our three questions
0: um I, I don't know other than just all the funny Eddie Murphy stuff yeah. right I think
1: um it is it's such a good movie for like it like we said it's kind of a safe movie in that it's yeah. not it's it's not gonna go you know to any of the extremes um it's still an r rated movie but um mm-hmm. you know it's it's relatively safe and middle of the road and he doesn't you know nothing is I don't feel like a lot of risks are taken Um, but yeah a funny movie and and funny if you like Eddie Murphy this is this is a definitely one you should watch yeah good times yeah all right well on that note it is time for three questions
0: he asks each traveler five questions. questions three questions
1: three questions I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. All right. Three questions. First question. If you're going to run for office, what position would you want to hold in the government? No. <laughs> That's kind of my answer
0: too. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like what the, what the heck? Um, that, that'll definitely date the podcast. Um, no, you know what? Uh, you know, I, I don't want to be a complete jerkwad with this, with this question. I, I remember hearing that when I was back at Eau Claire, we were studying, our professor said that uh, that we had had a guest artist or a a guest speaker or something like that. And this person worked, uh, it was a, it was a different country. I think it was one of the Scandinavian countries, but their entire job was working for like the central, you know, state library Mm -hmm. or, you know, like that. And their entire job was to curate the jazz recordings mm-hmm. and their entire job was to like research the jazz recordings and, and keep the collection in the library. Um, boy, I just sound like an idiot as I'm talking and I'm totally not describing this right. Yeah. But their job was to make sure that the collection was up to date and to write information about it and research and to find other rare jazz recordings. Um, and when new, Recordings or concerts would come out, that, you know, to write reviews and make sure that the collection in the library. Basically, am I saying that right? Like, because uh, I know your wife uh, is a librarian. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, just curate the jazz collection, yeah. but they did it for the government. It was for like the government's uh, thing. Like, I, I, I would like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that would be. I think I think that would be. It would be work. It would be incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's elected office. I don't know.
1: Well, well, was the
0: question elected
1: office or? Well, and it, it, you know, my answer is kind of. I'm going to veer off from that too, because you know, whatever position I would want to hold, it wouldn't necessarily be an elected one. Right. I right. said, if you were going to run for office, what position would you want to hold in the government? If we were gonna run, I, yeah, I mean, okay, you were going to run, yeah. Okay. you could pick one. You could pick one. You don't have to run for
0: yeah well anyways that always appealed to me we know how i
1: feel about running so
0: uh, there, there it is there it is no but that uh that uh that definitely appealed to me yeah you know i'm just like oh wow that'd be cool you know so yeah you could curate the you know the movie collection for the library of congress yeah
1: I would do so. The the couple of things I thought about were, um, I always thought it would be fun to be a speechwriter. Yeah, which is not an office you run for, so that's why I'm kind of cheating on my own question. Um, always thought it'd be kind of fun to do, to ride to do a uh, to be a speechwriter. Um, you know, I always always enjoyed you know Rob Lowe and the other characters on uh, The West Wing as the speechwriters, right. and so that would be one. The other one, since I started college life uh as a journalism major, I maybe like press secretary or something like that. Um okay. You know, if I was going to if I was going to go the position like that, but yeah, I'm not um uh, elected office would not be for me.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's tricky times for that. Yeah. You know. Um and it, you know, I think well, we're getting off the beaten path from the movie. So I don't want to expand too much on the uh on the three questions. But yeah, I, I think any one of those sure. would be fun.
1: Sure. Question number two Who is your favorite president that served before you were born? Um uh, Abraham Lincoln and F
0: D R. There's two. Okay.
1: I'm gonna go with because I was thinking down the like I was thinking down the list of like yeah Abraham Lincoln um you know got a couple others I could list on there um the one I'm gonna go with and he did he served as president wait no I might be messing that up because he was the president oh shoot he was still the president when I was born that doesn't work are you gonna
0: are you gonna say Jed Bartlett?
1: no I was, oh that'd be a good one <laughs> yeah that'd be a good one no actually I was gonna say Jimmy Carter. Okay. Um, Although he was the president when I was born in December of 1980. So, I mean, he was, he was, uh, and that's not anything personally against him. He was a lame duck at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, so I guess that's, that is still when I was born. But um, yeah, I I mean, in terms of his presidency, I don't, I don't know that I'm necessarily going to pick anything out and say, that's why I would choose him. I'm actually choosing him for everything he did after being president. Oh yeah. Like all the stuff he's done, like all of the like he did the hurricane relief stuff. Um I think he's been okay. isn't he been working with like Habitat for Humanity and I mean Oh yeah, the, the whole guy, the whole Carter like, Foundation. Right. I mean the guy is like in his is he in his 90s? Yeah. He's in his 90s and he's like still building houses. Yeah. Like he yeah, he reminds he... me, he actually reminds me a lot of my grandfather who okay. you know, was was older and you know had different health issues but if you ever told him to sit down and stop helping people, stop building something to help somebody, stop, he wouldn't do it. Like he's, nope, right. nope, I'll just, I, I got to keep working on this. I got to do this. These people need this. Um, you know, it very much reminds me of that. And and so I just, seeing what he does, you know, at the, the age that he's at now, um, and just seeing just the different things that he's done, I actually saw a quote somewhere about Jimmy Carter at one point in time that said um, he he is a better man than he was a president. Yeah,
0: I've seen, I've read that quote as well. Yeah, I've seen that as well.
1: And and frankly, I'm like, that's fine, right? Like you're a president for what four years, maybe eight years. You sure you're a human being for your entire life? So, yeah. No, he seems yeah, he he seems like he's a genuinely good person, trying to do good in the world, trying to, you know, uh, for what benefits he's had, trying to give back for that, and whether you agree with him politically or not, and and things that he supported and whatnot, I just, you know, things that I I see him doing, um, mm-hmm. it's like that's that's pretty impressive, right? So I, I got to give uh, got to give some props to to President Carter. There you go. All right. Question number three, which do you enjoy more family friendly? Eddie Murphy or 80s Eddie Murphy?
0: Oh, boy. Question rejection time. You know, they both have their place. It's Mm -hmm. Eddie Murphy. You know what I'm
1: saying? Okay. well, here. Hold on. Pat just rejected your question. Mm -hmm. There we go. Yeah, there you go.
0: There you go. Yeah. I mean, it's Eddie Murphy. The guy is fantastic. I just, you know, it's. It's all good. And there there's times that the over the top stuff it's like, "Okay, all right, let's you know. Yeah. Let's uh, we just need to take a step back from that. And then there's times when it's just like, "Okay, we I need a little bit more edge, you know." Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, Eddie Murphy is Eddie Murphy man. He's he's great. Yeah.
1: I'm going to go 80s Eddie Murphy. Uh just I mean I, and I I love some of his family friendly stuff, you know, the the Donkey and the Shrek movies is awesome. Um, you know, and I, I, I do love some of those movies. Um, <clears throat> but when I really think of the Eddie Murphy I enjoy most, it's the, um, Saturday Night Live Eddie Murphy from the 80s. It's Raw Delirious. It's Beverly Hills Cop. Um, it's all that stuff. Uh, 48 Hours. Um, I mean, those are, those are the absolute favorites. Uh, Coming to America. Um, so, I, for me, I, I think it's still got to be. It's, it's still got to be. Anytime I think of Eddie Murphy, I'm, I'm immediately thinking back to all of his uh, Mr. Robinson's neighborhood skits at Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Won't you be oh, my yeah. neighbor? Um, Who is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is how we answer the door in my neighborhood. Who is it? Um, or the uh, James Brown, uh, James Brown hot tub skit? Yeah, that was good <laughs> yeah. in the hot tub hit me now um so yeah i I gotta go 80s eddie murphy as much as i do enjoy his uh his family friendly stuff um i i I spent way too much time watching his uh stand-up uh delirious and raw and that's it's not something any child should watch but it's good stuff right it's funny stuff he's just he is such a talented man yeah all right, Patrick, is there anything else you want to say about Distinguished Gentleman or Eddie Murphy? No, John, I uh, think that squares it. I think we have distinguished ourselves with this episode. So uh, I think There it is. I think we've said everything that we need to say, and uh, we'll yield the rest of our time to, uh, to wrapping this episode up. So um, if you want to find us at 30podcast.com, our website, we are at 30podcast on Twitter. You can find us there, all the other different social medias. We're usually at 30podcast on those as well. Our next episode's coming up this month of June. We've got our Patreon is The Godfather from 1972. Uh, Next week, we've got Encino Man. Then we've got a special episode with one of our Patreon uh, supporters, co-executive producers, Podrick from Ireland. He's going to be joining us for It's a Mad, 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 Mad World from 1963. Uh, Then we've got Memoirs of an Invisible Man, Lawnmower Man, and Candyman. And then for the month of July, our Patreon is the Razzies of 1992. We'll be talking about Shining Through, The Bodyguard, Christopher Columbus, The Discovery, Final Analysis, and Newsies. And then our regular episodes for the month of July are Batman Returns, Reservoir Dogs, The Mighty Ducks, and Beef Oven. So that's what we got coming up over the next couple of months or so. Patrick? John? I enjoy watching movies and talking movies with you. I enjoy it as well. It's a fun time. So so thank you for being a distinguished gentleman here on this episode with me and, and talking through this uh, fun Eddie Murphy movie. Again, if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's worth seeing. Um, you know, It may not be in any of the top ten lists of Eddie Murphy movies, but it's, it's a fun time. Yes, it is. So, we will see all of you back here next time for Encino Man. In the meantime, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you back here next time.